Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back into the fray with Rocco Rossi, Alyssa Freeman, and John Carmichael. And uh, I want to share with you a very, very interesting story about a substitute for meat protein. Heck, it could be fish and chips. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, Rocco, you're the only one I haven't turned into a believer for High Street in the Donwood Plaza because I know Big John likes to go for the meat. We're not going for substitute meat at the High Street. (laughs) I know. I was thinking about you. The down low street. (laughs) You know, I was there. I was there on Good Friday. Lineups out the door for the fish and chips. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And uh, see, that's the uh, idea. I mean, the allure of the place. I mean, obviously, the fish and chips are the signature dish, but I know when it comes to Big John's weak spot, he likes the mince Ooh, steak he pie. He likes that mince pie, I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> With the, the aged white cheddar. I mean, you know, I all... was going to drive down and get one today, but I was thinking it's Passover, I'd see so it was... <laughs> Well, you I know, would feel bad buying it. <laughs> but you've talked about it glowingly since I sent you there. As I said, you, John, you've been, you know, firsthand, it's as good as it gets anywhere for fish and chips and the meat pies. They even have a children's menu. So authentic to the max. They do the black pudding, the haggis, make their own gravy, tatty scones, mushy peas. I haven't done the haggis yet. I'm not sure I'm there. Well, that's all right. Rob I like the haggis. Day. I I wasn't turned off by it. I've had it once. They actually do a great job. <laughs> they, they make that themselves. This is oh High gosh. Street. Donwood yeah. Plaza the Don Mills. Open Tuesdays to Saturdays, fully licensed as well. Always nice to pair up uh, an ale that they bring in specifically on a monthly basis for whatever it is that uh, is your fancy or your pleasure. Take the DVP to Lawrence Avenue and go east. East of the DVP, one set of lights. At that light, go north around the bend in the Donwood Plaza. You'll find High Street. Now, on to the meat protein substitute. You know, Beyond Burger is something that came out of California in 2009. And now they're coming into uh, Canada in a big way next month. They say they're going to be in Loblaws, Longos, Metro, Save-On Foods, Sobeys, Whole Foods, uh, IGA. And really what it is, is it's uh, designed, it's meat patties or look like, and they even cook up like and taste like without soy, gluten, or GMOs. 20 grams of protein with less total and saturated fat than a traditional beef burger. Big money behind them, too. Investors uh, include Leo DiCaprio, Bill Gates, Jack Welsh, and so on and so forth. The question is, uh, is this something that could get you to swear off beef protein and your hamburgers, regular stuff? Could you go to a plant-based diet like this, Rocco? Well, actually, I gave up red meat in college. So you're no good uh, anymore. So not not watching TV. He's not eating <laughs> yeah. red meat. What do Best. you do? <laughs> yeah, you, well, I, I got a stiff wine. on the panel here, basically. <laughs> Come the other way, please. Okay, Alyssa, how about you? Uh, Pizzaville, now you're talking. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I, for the first time, I'm the resident foodie on the panel, I think, in addition to John, but for the first time, I went to A&W, which is not somewhere where I go all the time, but they have that Beyond Meat Burger. Sausage. And it's a burger. And I had it. And I have to tell you something. It was delicious. And I love meat. I love going to Morton's. I love a good steak. I love a good minced pie. Would you but give it up then for this substitute? I am starting to incorporate it into my diet. And I think that that's the key. 
people are starting to think twice. You know, there is a trend called Meatless Mondays, and it's all over Instagram, and people take pictures of their of their dishes that are not made with a beet protein. So I think that more people are thinking plant-based. I don't think that people are going to... Some people do go the extreme and say, okay, no more meat, I'm just going plant-based. But I think more people are trying to incorporate it into their diets as a healthy move. And this is why this is so well positioned. Well, there's another uh, reason that maybe yeah. they see, they foresee a big market for this because, you know, they say that raising beef cattle is deleterious to the environment and so on and so forth. Cow farts, that kind of thing. So do you think people will make that change willingly if there's a real convincing substitute, John? Well, I'm sure there are people who will buy the story and and, and likely make the conversion. You're not going to convince me on the short term. I uh, if I'm going, <laughs> going to out NW, for lunch, I'm John, pop right. a burger and that's it. Okay, but it's I'll not get you only beer with it's it. not only the deleterious. It 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 takes far more acreage right. uh, to grow the same amount of uh, well, that protein. was my point. And uh, and so the reality is, as global populations grow, if we're going to get people enough protein, there's going to have to be some kind of balance of Right, uh, but you've choices. got to make it a convincing one so it doesn't yes. taste like you're eating cardboard. Well, here's another thing. I'm wondering about a tipping point that would get you into an electric vehicle, for example. Talking to uh, Dan McTague with Gas Buddy earlier, lower main line of BC on the weekend, a buck seventy two nine for a liter of regular unleaded. And uh, for a variety of reasons, not least of which is taxation and so on and so forth. But if gas were to go to two bucks a liter and beyond, uh, would that get you out of your gas guzzler and into an e-vehicle? Look, it's been over that in, in lots of European countries for a long, long time, and it hasn't done it. But what it has done is moved people to far smaller vehicles. Okay. but uh, So the answer is not necessarily yes. Uh, yeah. Alyssa, how about you? What would it take? Where would the tipping point be to get you into an e-vehicle? It would have to be cost. It would have to be reliability. Um, it would have to be style. <laughs> uh, and you'd have to be able to recharge yeah, along and, and, the way, and that's which the you issue can't. with me. I mean, you know, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm that person. You often see the light come on going, oh, okay, I need gas. Can you imagine having that little sort of plug light come on and you're thinking, ah, where do I go now? So that convenience of not being able to recharge is still a big issue okay, for what me. What about economics, John? I mean, you follow yeah. this very closely. I know we've talked about it in the past, but if gas does go to two bucks or two fifty a liter, do you think you're going to see a wholesale reversion over to people in e-vehicles? Not yet. I I, uh, I think it's a government uh, plan to try and push people there. And I so clearly the uh, the liberal government of today uh, they have an agenda and uh, they're going to push gas prices up. Uh, they are also, as you know, they've just introduced another uh, subsidy for uh, for electric vehicles, um, another electric vehicle rebate, which we tested in this province for how many years, and it failed miserably. So I'm, I think it's economics. The cost of the vehicle is too much. Uh, people aren't going to pay that price until at some point there is a there's a conversion on the cost cost of gas that just makes it uh, unacceptable to drive anymore. And I I don't see it for a long time yet. You know, yesterday Elon Musk came out, uh, he was touting the idea that the autonomous vehicle is only about a year or two away, mm-hmm. uh, full autonomy. Uh, now, I'm curious, just as a sidebar to that, I mean, if you're in the autonomous vehicle as a so-called operator and you're distracted by your cell phone, can you still be charged or ticketed for distracted driving? Like, who carries the, the load here when it comes to an autonomous vehicle? There is still lots of liability issues to be to be worked out because if, um, to your point, John, uh, if there's an accident involving an autonomous vehicle uh, that's supposed to be fully autonomous is then 
um, the manufacturer liable? Uh, is the person who's in the car who's there as supposed to be a last resort, is their liability there? Is it that the other person doesn't have the autonomous vehicle and says, well, you were the one who did uh, this incorrectly. Everything's going to be filmed on, on, uh, on, on video. Um, so we'll see. But there's a lot of questions still to be answered. Well, let me ask John again. I'll direct it to you because you're the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. Uh, when he brags about full autonomy, only about a year or two out, uh, a lot of people say, boy, that's overly optimistic. We're still 10 years away from confidently allowing these vehicles to be traversing our roads. I might even have to reconfigure how the roads are structured. How do you see it? I'd like to see him uh, prove his, uh, his, um, his capacity to build vehicles. Uh, he still hasn't proven that. And I think one to two years is overly optimistic. I think it's a pipe dream. Uh, are they coming? Absolutely, they're coming. I just, uh, I think there's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of cost to be born yet before we're going to be able to see those things on the road at, uh, at a reasonable rate. There's right. more autonomous vehicles on farms than there are on the roads. And you're going to see a huge move uh, there because... Just sending the tractors down the track, and well, right. there the, you go. You don't have yeah. oncoming yeah. tractors necessarily to contend with. But here's something that happened yesterday. There was a picture, I saw the uh, video, where uh, a Tesla spontaneously combusted in Shanghai, mm-hmm. China. You know, when it happens like these kinds of things, maybe just a one-off, because uh, they say about 400,000 Teslas are out there on the roads, what does that do for the brand, Alyssa? Oh, it's it's a huge hit for the brand, and 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 because there is so much mystique around the the car itself, and also uh, around Elon Musk, that it it tends to have. I mean, it would be a hit for any manufacturer, quite honestly. But for the Tesla, because it's supposed to be the car of the future, it's especially um, it, it's especially a hard thing to do. And and I think there has been a lot of negative news about Tesla as, uh, of late, and this is sort of one more thing to pile on top of that. I think the brand is struggling right now. I think there has been manufacturing issues. John, correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but yeah. I th- believe there's been manufacturing issues and that a lot of the promises that were made have not been made. So I think Tesla is in a bit of a, a tailspin myself. So, you know, right now, of course, they'll put out all the right messages um, about that they're going to look into this and that they'll get back to us and that there will be an investigation. And you just hope that they will get back to us and that there will be some sort of resolution as to why this happened. Look, they're the pioneer, but the reality is it's going to be the majors, to John's point, yeah. who know how to manufacture cars, who've done it, it's significant quantities, and and they're the ones who are going to ultimately take up whatever percentage of the market goes there. Well, I I guess they haven't made any money yet, have they? No. No, in fact, the question is, where's the money going? Is it going into SpaceX or into some of the other uh, projects that he's, he's, you know, out there promoting right now? And and there's no question, people that buy Teslas love the car. They're it's fantastic. You won't find deniers driving a Tesla. I, yeah, I agree with that. Like when I see and I'm driving and I see a Tesla, I mean, it's, you know, it's very well recognized. I used to have this like, ooh, there's a Tesla. Now I look at it and I think, eh, not so much. All right. But well, that's just me. No, it's not yeah. entirely just yes, you. No. I just wonder if, you know, this is more about vanity projects for this guy or is he really seriously uh, looking to revolutionize automotive? I think he's a bright guy, but I think it's vanity projects. All right. Uh, well, I've just completed mine. Uh, we're done for the day. Another great one for Talk Radio. Thanks for coming in on this Tuesday afternoon. Rocco Rossi, Alyssa Freeman, and John Carmichael.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 